This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. I want over this morning and next, uh, over the next probably couple of weeks, I guess, uh, just to talk about some of the things that are important to us as a church, some of the things that God is speaking to us about, some of the things that we hold dear as important values to us uh, that really shape who we are as a church and shape some of the things that we're going for and that uh, God has spoken to us about. So it feels a little bit like a recalibration or a tune-up, if you like. So if you have a, if you have a car, then uh, I guess if you look after it well, then every now and then you would take it to uh, uh, your favourite garage to be uh, serviced and looked after, maybe have an oil change and uh, a few things tweaked. And it'll probably be tuned up so that it runs well. And uh, I feel that over these few Sundays it's a bit of a tune-up for us that God wants to sort of uh, shape some things and speak to us about some things. So I feel that's what we're going for. I guess it's a little bit like uh, having a musical instrument, uh, which, uh, as Adam played brilliantly earlier, you heard it. If, um, if it's out of tune, you could play it as well as you liked, but it still sounds pretty rough. And uh, that was meant to sound rather good. But it doesn't because it's out of tune. Now, it wasn't out of tune, Adam was playing it earlier, just to make it really clear, we, uh, we tweaked it slightly. But a musical instrument, to get the best sound out of it, needs to be tuned. And so you'll often see a guitarist you know, tuning their guitar before they go onto, a, go onto stage or before they play at something. And if you reach a, reach a certain level as a guitarist, you have something called a guitar tech who does that for you. <laughs> Adam, you got a guitar tech? Oh, it's me, is it? All right, okay, I shall try and tune that up for you a little bit later. (laughs) But being in tune is important. I feel God wants to tune us as a church over these few Sundays. There's some things that I feel he wants to say to us. And so I want to highlight what's important to us about as as a church. And so if you've been around Jubilee any length of time, you'll know that uh, we are a church that wants to love God, love one another, know Jesus yet serve the city and reach nations. And uh, you may have heard me talk about it before, and if so, that's great. You may not have heard me talk about it before, and I'm hoping over these Sundays you may uh, hear something uh, of what's important to us and what we're going for. But if you have heard me talk about it before, my main question over these few weeks is this. What are we doing about it? How are we living it out? If we say that we're the uh, sort of church that wants to love God, love one another, love those that don't know Jesus yet, serve our city and reach nations, then my question is this. How are we doing with that? And what are we doing about that, both personally, individually, and together as a church? So that's where we're going this morning, and uh, we'll probably get that over the next couple of weeks as well. So shall we pray, and then we'll see what God has for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. Lord, we thank you for already speaking to us this morning. Um, you want to communicate to us now. and We thank you for your word in, uh, in the Bible, Lord. We thank you for the Holy Spirit uh, bringing your now word to us and applying 
the scriptures to us. And so we pray, O oh God, that you would come now and be our teacher. Help us, Lord, to understand what we read in your words. And Lord, help us to put it into practice that it might do us good and advance your kingdom. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so last, last Sunday, I talked, if you were here, you'll know, I talked about the importance of love other. And uh, we spent some time looking at that last week. But that actually flows out of firstly loving God and having him at the very centre of who we are and having him uh, right at the forefront of everything that we're going for. So time and again through the pages of the New Testament, you'll see that this value of loving God is primary to everything that the early church do and go for. And loving one another is important to them, but it comes out, firstly, a heart that's been changed. It comes out of a heart that's been transformed. It comes out of a heart that God has got hold of. (coughs) And it comes out of a heart that that loves God. And out of that flows loving one another. So the first thing to make sure is right in our own hearts is that we're putting God first and we're loving him. So we're told in Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Uh, Let's read a few uh, verses together. This is um, uh, a teacher in the law comes to Jesus and uh, and speaks to him. It's in Luke chapter 10, verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your minds and love your neighbour as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. This was underlining there the importance, firstly, of loving God with everything that we have, everything that indeed we are. It's the most important thing in your life. Yes, loving your significant other is important. Loving your children, if you have them, is important. But nothing comes before, firstly, loving God. Because that centres your life. If you get that right, then other things can balance out from that. But that needs to be at the core of who we are. The core of who you are. And loving God, obviously, is not just about us. I had a great time worshipping the Lord together this morning. I love doing that. It's great to do that with, with others. That's part of it. But it's not everything. It's not all of it. Actually, loving God applies Monday through Saturday as much as Sunday. It's the very centre of who we are. But as well as individually, it applies to us as a church as well. as It applies to us as a people together. I want to encourage you again this morning to be a church that really loves God. To be a church that loves to be in his presence. That loves to put him first. And that will only happen as we make sure that that's right in our own lives. And as we gather together, then together we're a people that love him. And love to be in his presence. I want to encourage you, so as we gather together on this on Sunday morning, as we gather in Burton this evening, as we gather at the Hallmark Hotel on Wednesday evening to pray and to seek God, I want to encourage you to come ready to meet with him. 
Come ready to engage with the Lord. Come ready to experience Him with others. Not that you haven't been in His presence already because you have, but rather to experience the dynamic of worshipping with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm ready and enthusiastic to worship and pray and to encounter Him afresh. I want to encourage you that loves God, really loves Him and puts Him first. And so that means being a His call. It means being obedient to His prompting, His direction, because this is His church. Jubilee is His church. Who leads Jubilee? Who does? Is it me and John and Ray? Well, yes, we've got a part to play, but ultimately, Jubilee is His church. Jesus leads this church. We seek to follow him. Where he's going, we seek to go behind as close as we can and to bring others with us. That's our job as leaders, to see what Jesus is doing because it's his church and to follow him as closely as we can and to bring the rest of us with us. But this is his church. We're told in Colossians chapter 1 that he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything, he might have the supremacy. He is the head of the body, the church. So actually, Jubilee is not my church. It's not your church. It's his church. It's his church. And he leads it. So loving God is about putting him first, not only in our own lives, but in his church as we gather together. Paul says in Romans chapter 12 that uh, he says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Another translation has, this is your spiritual act of worship. It's actually the very way we live out our lives. Everything that we are is an act of worship to him. It's actually how we are at home, how we are at work, how we are with our friends. What we do on a day-to-day basis is as much worship as it is standing in this room on a Sunday morning with our hands held high, singing to the Lord. Both are equally acts of worship. And he calls us to love him. And to worship him in everything we are and everything we do. And out of that, out of a heart that loves God, comes loving one another. And I'm not going to spend much time on that this morning. I spent most of last Sunday talking about that. And so, if you didn't hear it, you can get the, uh, I was going to say, but that's showing my age, isn't it? You can get the download from the website. You can uh, put it on your electronic device and listen to it again. And uh, if you missed last Sunday and haven't heard me talk about loving one another, then I'll encourage you to do that because that's important to us. It's central to who we are. Right after loving God comes loving one another. And it flows out of loving God first. But it's so important to us. So if you haven't heard me talk about it, I'd encourage you to listen to it. If you get a chance, you can get that online. But very quickly, after that, after loving God and loving one another, comes loving those that don't know Jesus yet. Loving those that don't know Jesus yet. Have you ever wondered, have you ever thought about 
have you ever considered why it is that in the moment you put your faith in Jesus, he doesn't there and then take you to be with him? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought, that would just be so much more straightforward? (laughs) You put your trust in Jesus and in that moment, he takes you to heaven to be with him. Have you ever thought that that would be, uh, you know, that would seem like a good option? There's some various nods (laughs) around the room there. Have you ever thought why it is he doesn't do that? Let me suggest to you at least one of the reasons, if not the reasons, so that you can love people that don't know Jesus yet. So you can be his hands and feet to others who have not yet experienced the love and the grace of God. Because it's through you that others get to see Jesus. Think for a moment about how you became a Christian. If you this morning have already become a Christian and are trusting in Jesus, think back to that moment when you put your faith in him for the first time. What led you to that? I guess for many of you, it would have been you saw something in somebody. It may have been your parents. It may have been friends. It may have been that you went to a church and you saw something of the love of God in other people. You see, Jesus uses us to demonstrate his love and show his love and grace to others. And so he wants us to love those who don't know Jesus yet. The purpose of the church is to extend the kingdom of God, to reach those who are currently far from him and to bring God's rule and reign to them, his kingdom. So if we think that the purpose of the church is just about worship or just about loving one another, then we miss it because it's so much more. It does include those things, but it doesn't stop with those things. He wants us to go on and love those that don't know Jesus yet. Too many churches stop at the loving one another. I can think of a number of churches I know which are great at loving God They're great at loving one another, but it sort of stops there. And there isn't the outward look and the focus of thinking, what about loving those that don't know Jesus yet? What about reaching some other people for Christ? What about extending God's kingdom to places it hasn't come yet? What about reaching those who have never heard the gospel? And friends, if we're not careful, it's easy to miss those things. It's easy to stop at the loving God, loving one another. Oh, that's just nice. That's just comfortable. It's so easy to stop there. And I want to caution us this morning not to stop there. You know, I speak to myself as much as the rest of us and say, listen, don't stop with that because God has got more for us. It would be so easy to think, oh, that's the loving God's great. Loving one another's nice. Well, let's just leave it there. No, no, no. That's not what the Bible has for us. That's not what God has for us. And we would miss it completely if we stopped there. I want to encourage us not only to be great at loving God. I think think we're good at that. I think we can get better. We can always get better at these things, but that's, that's important to us. I want to encourage us not just to be great at loving one another, but also to be great at loving those that don't know Jesus yet. To have a focus and a mindset. Even in this room, there are a whole bunch of empty seats. Isn't that good? 
Think about it. The amount of space we have for the seats yet. They want to be praying for these seats. They want to be praying for people who haven't yet walked through the door. Pray for people who maybe haven't yet heard the good news of the gospel. Praying that God might send them and that we might have a part to play in introducing them to Jesus. Because that's what he has for us. That's what he wants us to do. The church is meant to be reaching out. It's meant to be serving people. We'll come to that in a second. It's meant to be advancing. The church has a role to be an agent of the kingdom of God. And it's our job to bring God's rule and reign to others. To be agents of his kingdom. To be those who communicate it. To be those who demonstrate it. Now I know we don't do the job of the Holy Spirit. I know that it's him that works in people's hearts. But you know what? God chooses to use us. He chooses to involve us in the process. We have a part to play. Shortly before Jesus was taken back into heaven, he gave his disciples some instructions. We read about them at the end of Matthew's Gospel. And it says this, Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Did you notice that Jesus' command wasn't to his disciples just to stay and get comfortable? But it was to go. It was to go to people who they didn't know Jesus yet. It was to tell them. It was to make disciples, to train them, to help them in that process, to baptise them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Just in case the disciples needed any reminder of this or any further explanation, Jesus speaks to them again. And this time it's recorded in Acts chapter 1. And he says this to his disciples. He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. Again, do you notice the theme is one of going. By this time, they're told to wait first for the Holy Spirit to come on them and then go. Now, that's now happened. We've now received the Holy Spirit. But do you notice the Holy Spirit comes to bring empowerment for mission? It comes to give them power to go and do what Jesus is asking them to do. Don't you think that's good? It's not that Jesus says to them, and indeed to us, this is what I want you to do. It needs to look like this. This is how you should be living. And this is, you know, this is how I want you to, to be. Go get on with it. Well, no, he doesn't say that at all. He says, I want you to go, but go in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit that I'm going to send to you. Jesus gives his disciples a command and then he gives them and promises them the power to fulfill the commands. Isn't that good? Don't you think that's good? Jesus says, live like this. But you know what? I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you so that you can live like this. So that there is power to witness. So there is power to live for me, he says. Isn't that good? The theme is to go, but it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit doesn't come to you primarily to give you a warm, fuzzy feeling. Though Jesus does describe him as the comforter. And he does come to us to comfort us. He comes to you primarily to give you power. Power to be 
his witness. Smith Wigglesworth, a famous evangelist of the last century, put it like this. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes to empower you to be an effective witness. So my question to us this morning is this. Well, it's two questions really. It's firstly, have we received the Spirit? And secondly, are we being an effective witness? Because the two things go together. Do you notice as well that Jesus wants us to have our sights firmly set on the nations? It's to the ends of the earth. We'll come back to that again in the next week or two. But before we move on, how are we doing with this? How are you doing with loving God first? Loving those who don't know Jesus yet? The challenge for us is to keep building relationships with people who are far from God. For those of us who have been a Christian often we find that many of our friends are Christians too. And that's good. That's encouraging. But if we're not careful, we can find that all of our friends are Christians. We're not building any relationships with people who don't know Jesus yet. And so there's a challenge to us here. It doesn't mean that we somehow make people a project and seek them out. But no, no, that would be awful. But it does mean we seek to love people and to show God's love to them. And we need to be intentional about that. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, my life's been transformed by a relationship with Jesus. It's been transformed by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's not how it used to be. It's different. Because God has done something. Now, God's still got a lot to do. And some of you are thinking, yeah, he's got an awful lot to do. And that's probably true. But, you know, I've been transformed, changed by what God has done, by by receiving the good news of the gospel, by trusting in his son, by receiving the spirit and having the spirit empower me for life, there's a change there. And I want other people to see that. I want other people to know it. Not they can say how good I am because I'm not, but they can say how good he is because he is. Amen? Well, if that's that's true for you, don't you want to tell others about him? I want to tell others what he has done. I want others to hear that There's some good news on offer for them too. I want others to receive the gift of God's love like I have done. I'm sure you do as well. I know sometimes it can be hard to share your faith. Sometimes you're not quite sure what to say. I know that some people are better at it than others. But you know what? Any of us can invite our friends to church. You could say, well, hey, why don't you come with me on Sunday? I'm part of this this church is called Jubilee. Why don't you come along with me one Sunday? Any of us can make that ask. You don't have to be the greatest theologian. You don't have to understand everything and get everything sewn up. You just need to ask the question and make the invite and say, do you want to come? Do you want to come? Now, it might be a guest service. You invite someone to it. It might be a, an alpha course. It could just be any Sunday, and that's fine. Why not? Why not just invite our friends? I'm not saying that you shouldn't know how to explain the gospel. Because <laughs> actually, that's a good thing to do. And actually, it would be good if you can explain the gospel in a clear and concise way and explain to somebody uh, about the love of God. But any of us could make an invite to a friend and say, do you want to come with me? So I encourage you, look for an opportunity. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you who is at work in, what he's doing. Make the invite.
Because I'm sure that if it's so important to you, what God has done in your heart and in your life, then I'm sure you want to share that with other people and get them to hear something of that good news as well. It's clear from the New Testament that God loves people who are far from him, who are lost. Jesus told numerous parables to illustrate the fact. We haven't got time this morning to open up the scripture and look at, for example, Luke 15, where Jesus talks about the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. But he's clearly trying to make a point that lost people matter to God. And friends, if they matter to him, then they should matter to us. For loving people who don't know Jesus yet is important. Because God loves people who haven't received his love yet. But another thing that we can do that's important to us is this. We can serve the city. And it's a way, if you like, of practically loving people. In a really practical way. Demonstrating to them the love of God. Serving the city means that we look for ways to bless people. Look for ways to show them God's love in a really practical way. Is it important? Yes, I believe it is. Do you remember what God said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 29? He said, Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I carried you. Carried you into exile, in fact, for the, uh, the exiles there. He goes on, Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Now, Jeremiah was writing to people who didn't think a lot of the city they were in, didn't really want to be there, would much rather have been at home in Jerusalem. But it was clear that God wanted them to settle and to pray for the city that he'd, he'd put them in and to seek its peace and prosperity. Basically, he was saying to them, love it, love the city to which I have called you. And I want us to be the sort of people that do the same. Now, I don't need a lot of persuading on this one. I love this city. God called me here way before I'd heard of it, certainly way before I'd been here. And in the time that I've been here, I've seen lots of changes and uh, seen lots of development. And I think Derby is a great place to live. It's a great place to be. I wouldn't be anywhere else. It's vibrant, exciting. There's lots of things going on. But more than just to like the place, God calls me to pray for it and to pray for its prosperity, to pray for its peace. But friends, that's important. We need to be praying for the peace of our city, praying for the prosperity of our city, for the companies that have set up shop here, that God would bless them. It's good to pray for our city and to look to bless it. And so we serve the city in a variety of ways. We call some of the things that we do Love Derby. And we just look for ways to, uh, to love people and show them God's love in a, in a practical way. I had a couple of meetings this week just gone about a potential Love Derby project in the city, which if it comes off, and it hasn't come off yet, but if it comes off, it will be dead exciting and I guarantee you will want to be part of it. And uh, I'm certainly praying that these things come together and that people that need to say yes, say yes to all sorts of things. And uh, when that happens, and I'm praying it does, then we can talk about it and share about it and it will be an exciting project to be part of in the next few months. Another thing that we do in a really practical way is the uh, the pound a week or the one item a week uh, food bank project. So food banks are a lot in the news at the moment, aren't they? 
but we work with the guys at Faith, Hope and Enterprise that, that uh, Carl and Kevin work with particularly. And uh, <clears throat> we look to bless them. So for those who don't have access to any other way of feeding themselves, we say, we'll help with that. We'll look to bless. We can serve. We can show God's love here. And uh, if you want to find out more about this, then talk to, to Kevin this morning or to ShopPike and it's around and, and ask more about how you can do that. Another example of the way we look to, to serve the city and love people in, in Derby is smile. And uh, we heard a little bit about that last week uh, as I talked a little bit about it and we prayed for it. And um, I thought it would be good just to hear uh, the stories of a couple of people who have recently got involved in smile and you can hear what they're doing in Smile to, to love Derby. Just to recap, this is a project that seeks to um, love uh, people in a way by running a respite facility for families who've got kids with additional needs. So once a month, uh, we provide a morning of fun and excitement for the children, and it gives the parents a rest and a chance to do some other things. So um, who's coming up to... Joe and John, do you guys want to make your way up here to rapturous applause and cheering from the congregation? That's not very rapturous, is it, to be fair? <laughs> you could not be an audience on a sort of a game show with like that. <laughs> much more cheering and wild applauding. Um, okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've got involved in and how you found it. That's for, for both of you. Yeah, brilliant. I realise the time's getting on. I had a whole idea of what I was going to say um, and then things that have been said through words and message this morning kind of gets in your head, doesn't it? But I think I'm still there. Um, I've been, um, just to smile for the last two months, um, however, my background, I was a teacher, a deputy head of a school for children with physical disabilities way back. Um, and then obviously have some children of our own on the autistic spectrum. So I have quite a background in additional needs, if you like. Um, so when I heard about SMILE, it touched my heart. It's what I want to do. It's who I am. It's what makes me tick. Um, so the last two months, I've loved it. Everything about it, I've loved. I've walked in. I just think it's brilliant. So I could talk all day about how brilliant it is, the work it is, um, about the kids, about the fact that they sing and dance and um, some of the, the teacher in me loves the fact that some of the children who wouldn't get involved normally get involved in a karaoke or on, in a way. Um, so I love all of that side, but I'm going to take a breath now. Cause I'm, uh, um, I think what's on my heart is the parent side of it, if you like, um, because, and I think it links with what Graham's saying this morning, that as a church here, I want to encourage you that we are, you are, a body who welcomes people with additional needs. I don't know whether you even know that, but you are. And I think that um, that's kind of summed up if I was to look around and see the mums here with children with needs, to see nurses who've worked in special schools, to see speech therapists. You are a church who welcomes foster carers. You're a church who welcomes um, and accepts and values people with needs. And that was something that really touched our heart as we... Um, came to the church. We've been in various churches, great churches, but we've never been in a church that felt so welcoming and so understanding of our kids and us as a family. So I want to encourage you that that's what you do week by week on a Sunday. I send my children out. Don't give them a second thought. The Frog Club is fantastic. I think we need to, I'm shaking now, I think we need to encourage them and tell them how brilliant they are, that all the children, whether they've got needs or not, 
are welcomed and valued and accepted. That's who we are as a church. And I think that this smile being at the very heart of the projects that we do speaks to me. And it's what Graham was saying. It's loving God first, loving us. So you loving my family because we're part of you. But then the next step is loving out. And I think smile is just the next step. It's just another step of what that is. And I think as a parent of children with needs, then sometimes um, I think all parents need their children to be understood, need their children to be accepted, need their children to be liked. And I think that for for parents of children with additional needs, that is the very heart of who they are. So yes, the parents that smile need two hours to go shopping or two hours to um, do the housework or have a cup of tea. But I think it's far more than that. I think that those parents need people who understand people who say we love you, people who say we accept your kids, we love your kids. And so I think that to say that it's just a respite practically is a little diminishing the fact that it is. It's God saying your children are important, your children are welcomed, your children are valued. And I think that that as a church is who we are. And I'm pleased that we've become a part of that church and hope that we can extend that further. Very good. Thank you. John. Um, well, I'm John, if you didn't know. Um, thanks for trembling a bit, Joe. You made me feel a bit more at ease, actually. Um, because when uh, the last smile meeting, uh, Sarah asked for a couple of volunteers to stand up and say something about smile, um, Joe quickly volunteered, and my wife quickly volunteered me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and really I'm the last person to be standing here really to be fair I mean I'm not a teacher like Joe is and uh, I don't like the limelight I tend to shy away from it so really I'm sort of thinking wow what am I going to say but anyway um, here I am and I've been a Christian 32 years and done very little really for God to be be really blunt Um, I've warmed the pews of churches over those 32 years but I followed Jesus and loved Jesus for 32 years. That is clear in my own heart. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to God that I've been able to have a, a, a sound relationship with him. But as regards stepping out and actually doing anything, I've been sitting, you know, on, in the back row, really. And, you know, that's lamentable. Um, and, and here I find a church, a vibrant church, where uh, my wife and I have joined in at certain levels, like welcome, more recently Frog Club and Smile also Um, all of a sudden we think wow you know this is what the kingdom should be and while I've been thinking about this for the last week sort of trembling and thinking well what can I say who am I sort of thing but I asked God and uh, he put the um, the parable on my heart of the ten virgins and uh it's been on the back burner all week, really, and I thought, well, this morning I troubled myself to go and have a look at it on the, online and have a look at perhaps some of the commentaries on it. And it speaks of the, the thing that's come to me is preparedness. God wants us to do stuff. Uh, James said, didn't he? It was the Lord's brother who grew up with Jesus, and he said, you know, faith without works is, is useless. You know, we can have all the faith in the world. I had it for 30 odd years. I weren't using these. So I weren't expressing the love of Jesus to anyone, really. 
It's very selfish Christianity. So the ten virgins speaks of five who were doing the purposes of God and the five who weren't. And rather tragically at the end, if you read Matthew 25, I recommend you do because there's a lot on this theme in Matthew 25. And uh, not only the good news of if you do his will, but the bad news if you don't. And we need to know that. We need to be aware of what the Lord expects us to do. So, you know, I would encourage everybody with, with no qualifications. I have no qualifications at all. I don't even like, you know, standing up here. But, you know, if the Lord says stand up, stand up. Sarah said stand up. And I thought, boy, if the pastor's wife tells you to stand up, you better stand up, you know. <laughs> um, and, I get, and it's really more so with, um, <laughs> how could I say no? Um, and, and more so, of course, Utterly, when our Lord Jesus prompts us from within and says, hey, you could have a look at that. You could do a bit of this. And there's a lot of things coming up in the church, I understand. Cap and other stuff, which I'm sure Graham will uh, open up in in due course, or Ray, um, John. Um, So there's lots of opportunities, really, to to get in and to muck in and and build the kingdom for for Jesus. Um, That's about it, Ray. Very good. Thank you both. Well done. It's great to hear, isn't it, of different people and different people's experience in serving and uh, particularly in, uh, in Smile. There are other projects in the city as well that we uh, also have a part to play in, not necessarily run by us, but other things that we partner with in the city, things like Street Pastors, things like Healing on the Streets, the Derby Church's Night Shelter and others. And I know that some of you are involved in those things and that's great because they're a way of serving the city. And I want to encourage you as we close now that you have a part to play. Hopefully what you've heard from Joe and from John there is that you have a part to play. Whether you've got a lot of experience in a particular area or not, if you have a heart that loves God, that loves one another, then you can love those that don't know Jesus yet and serve the city and make a real difference. I'm often challenged when people ask the sort of questions like this. They say, if the church was to disappear off the face of the earth tomorrow, would anybody notice? And sometimes if people are particularly picky, they might say, if your church was to disappear off the face of the earth tomorrow, would anybody notice? My hope and prayer for us is that if that did happen, then there'll be a whole bunch of people who would notice. (laughs) And more than that, would miss us and miss what we brought. Because as we seek to serve and love people, we're bringing the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, friends, is good news. (laughs) The gospel is good news, isn't it? You can pick up any paper. If you went into a newsagent this afternoon, you could pick up any paper of any particular variety or political persuasion... (laughs) And you could see probably not very much good news. A whole load of bad news. But you know what? This book has got some good news. Thank you. I got an amen. That was great. This book has got some good news. And I want to encourage us to be sharers of good news. If this morning you may be visiting us and you don't yet know the good news of the gospel, 
then I want to tell you this as we finish. This is good news. It's good news for you here this morning about a God who loves you and who wants a relationship with you and has done everything that is required to make that possible for you to put your trust in him. It's good news for you this morning. It's good news for your family members who don't yet know Jesus, maybe who you've been praying for for years. And it's good news for our city as well. And I want us to encourage, I want to encourage us this morning to be carriers of good news. And I know many of you are. I know many of you are involved in different ways of serving. And thank you for that. Thank you for giving. Thank you for serving. Thank you for giving your time and energy and making these things happen. I want to encourage us this morning to keep going for it. To keep loving God. To keep loving one another. To keep loving those who don't know Jesus yet. And to keep looking for ways to serve and bless our city. And the places that God has called us to. Amen? Let's stand together. I'm going to pray as we close. want a moment of quiet as we come to the Lord. You may recall I started a little earlier by saying I'm going to talk about what's important to us and ask the question doing with that. And this is we ask that question now. I just want to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. There might be prompt us. There might be ways that God wants us to be seeking to build some new relationships and friendships with people that are far from God. Maybe God's putting on your heart ways that you could be involved in serving the city and loving people. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for your love. We thank you for the good news of the gospel. We thank you, Lord, for the empowering of the Holy Spirit Lord, to live in such a way that honours you and loves you and uh, propels us forward to continue to reach more people who are far from you. Lord, we pray this morning that we will be (coughs) obedient to your call. Lord, we pray that we will be a church that loves you first. We pray we'll be great at that and great at loving one another. Lord, we pray that we would excel at loving those who don't know you yet. And that we will be a church that's great at serving the city and the places to which you've called us. Lord, help us to be obedient to your call. Help us to be faithful to what you've uh, spoken to us about. And Lord, we pray that indeed this year we would see your kingdom advance. Lord, we would see the atmosphere around us change. Lord God, we pray that this would be a year of advance Lord, it would be a year of growth. It would be a year of new people meeting you for the first time. Lord, we pray it would be a year of salvation for many. We pray that your kingdom would come time and time again to many who are far from you. Lord, we pray for new opportunities to bless people and love people who haven't heard of you yet and don't know about the good news of the gospel. Lord, we pray that we would see these things and more in order that we might see your kingdom advance your church grow, and your son made famous. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.